Greetings and welcome to Farther Along, a weekly offering from the Wrestling with Theology podcast to strengthen your devotion through a series of devotions based on Luther's small catechism. We'll take a few moments each week to reflect upon what God has given us to believe, teach, and confess through his humble servant, Martin Luther. Oh Lord, open my lips, and my mouth will declare your praise. Make haste, O God, to deliver me. Make haste to help me, O Lord. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the Today's office hymn is Christ Sits at God's Right Hand.
Today's small catechism reading is the third commandment. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. What does this mean? We should fear and love God so that we do not despise preaching and his word, but hold it sacred and gladly hear and learn it. Today's large catechism reading comes to us from part one, the Ten Commandments, paragraphs 78 through 86. You shall sanctify the holy day. The word holiday is used for the Hebrew word Sabbath, which properly means to rest, that is, to cease from labor. Therefore, we usually say to stop working, or sanctify the Sabbath. Now, in the Old Testament, God set apart the seventh day and appointed it for rest. He commanded that it should be regarded as holy above all other days. This commandment was given only to the Jewish people for this outward obedience, that they should stop toilsome work and rest. In that way, both man and beast might recover and not be weakened by endless labor. Later, the Jewish people restricted the Sabbath too closely and greatly abused it. They defamed Christ and could not endure in him the same works that they themselves would do on that day, as we read in the Gospel. They acted as though the commandment were fulfilled by doing no manual work whatsoever. This, however, was not the meaning. But, as we shall hear, they were supposed to sanctify the holy day or day of rest. This commandment, therefore, in its literal sense, does not apply to us Christians. It is entirely an outward matter, like other ordinances of the Old Testament. The ordinances were attached to particular customs, persons, times, and places, but now they have been made matters of freedom through Christ. The simple-minded need to grasp a Christian meaning about what God requires in this commandment. Note that we don't keep holy days for the sake of intelligent and learned Christians. They have no need of holy days. We keep them, first of all, for bodily causes and necessities, which nature teaches and requires. We keep them for the common people, manservants and maidservants, who have been attending to their work and trade the whole week. In this way, they may withdraw in order to rest for a day and be refreshed. Second, and most especially, on this day of rest, since we can get no other chance, we have the freedom and time to attend divine service. We come together to hear and use God's word, and then to praise God, to sing, and to pray. However, this keeping of the Sabbath, I point out, is not restricted to a certain time, as with the Jewish people. It does not have to be this or that day, for in itself no one day is better than another. Instead, this should be done daily. However, since the masses of people cannot attend every day, there must be at least one day in the week set apart. From ancient times, Sunday, the Lord's Day, has been appointed for this purpose. So we also should continue to do the same, in order that everything may be done in an orderly way. And no one may create disorder by starting unnecessary practices. This is the simple meaning of the commandment. People must have holidays. Therefore, such observances should be devoted to hearing God's word so that the special function of this day of rest should be the ministry of the word for the young and the mass of poor people. Yet the resting should not be strictly understood to forbid any work that comes up, which cannot be avoided. Today's reading from the Holy Scripture comes to us from the Epistle to the Hebrews, chapter 10, verses 19 through 25. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is, through his flesh, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. This morning's commentary comes to us from St. John Chrysostom's commentary on the Epistle to the Hebrews. 
Christ asks nothing impossible, seeing that many have even gone beyond his commands. Who has done this? Paul, Peter, all the company of the saints? Hardly. If I say that they love their neighbors, I say no great matter, but they have loved their enemies. They have loved them even more than those who would think they like themselves. For who would choose for the sake of the like-minded to go away into hell when he was about to depart for a kingdom? No one. But Paul chose this for the sake of his enemies, for those who stoned him, those who scourged him. What pardon, then, will there be for us? What excuse, if we shall not show toward our friends even the very smallest portion of that love which Paul showed toward his enemies? And before him, too, the blessed Moses was willing to be blotted out of God's book for the sake of his enemies who had stoned him. David also, when he saw those slain who had stood up against him, said, I, the shepherd, have sinned, but these, what have they done? And when he had Saul in his hands, he would not kill him, but saved him, and this when he himself would be in danger. But if these things were done under the old covenant, what excuse shall we have who live under the new covenant and do not attain even to the same measure with them? For if, unless our righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, we will never enter the kingdom of heaven. How shall we enter when we have even less than they? Love your enemies, he says. Love your enemy, therefore, for you are doing good not to your enemy, but to yourself. How? You are becoming like God. One whom you love has no great gain, for he is loved by a fellow servant. But you, in loving your fellow servant, have gained much, for you are becoming like God. Do you see that you are being kind not to him, but to yourself? For he appoints the prize not for him, but for you. What if he is evil, you say? So much greater is the reward. You ought to feel grateful to him for his wickedness, even if he continues in his evil despite receiving ten thousand kindnesses. For if he were not exceedingly evil, your reward would not have been exceedingly increased. That he is evil is the very reason for loving him. Take away the contestant, and you take away the opportunity for the crowns. Do you not see how the athletes exercise when they filled the bags with sand? But there is no need for you to practice this. Life is full of things that you exercise and make you strong. Do you not also see that the trees, the more they are shaken by the winds, become ever stronger and firmer? We then, if we are long-suffering, shall also become strong. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. Forever, O Lord, your word is firmly set in the heavens. Lord, I love the habitation of your house and the place where your glory dwells. Blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. Lord, I love the habitation of your house and the place where your glory dwells. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. Lord, I love the habitation of your house and the place where Oh
seeing God, you have safely brought us to the beginning of this day. Defend us in the same with your mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings being ordered by your governance may be righteous in your sight. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with us all. Thank you once again for listening to Farther Along. Farther Along is a weekly outreach of the Wrestling with Theology podcast. It is uploaded every Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. Also, Wrestling with Theology, the pilot. Also, Wrestling with Theology, the flagship episodes on the podcast are uploaded every Wednesday at 3 I encourage you to subscribe to the podcast on any of the podcasting platforms, to follow on Facebook, and to share with your family and friends. The liturgical sections of the services come from the Seminary Cantori from Concordia Theological Fort Wayne. The liturgical service comes to us from the Seminary Cantori from Concordia Theological Seminary in Fort Wayne, Indiana. The hymn of the day comes from public domain archives and are linked to each of the and are linked to the catechism reading for the day. Once again, I thank you for listening to Farther Along and may it help you understand all by and by.